Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It's January 25th, and this is Daily Faceoff Live. Tyler Uremchuk and Mike McKenna with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Mike, Franklin's barbecue on the lid. That's a sharp-looking hat. You know, it's... Just about my time that I spent in Austin, Texas, having some of the best barbecue in the world. And I like to show it off and prove that I was there. That's all they are. Commemorative gifts, commemorative things you take home, just a status symbol. That's all it is, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, let's talk some hockey. There is a lot going on around the NHL, a lot of headlines to get to. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with the much anticipated debut of Rick Tockett, I suppose. I don't know. The Canucks fans really didn't give their new bench boss much of a warm welcome last night. There were some boos. There was a jersey thrown on the ice as well. And Mike, I'll be honest, I don't get it. Rick Tockett's not the bad guy in this situation. I get maybe throwing the jersey is a message to management and ownership saying, hey, the fan base is not happy but i i'm kind of hoping canucks fans maybe they just needed the first game to let them hear it a bit give them some sort of welcoming but i hope they're a little bit more open going forward because rick talk it's not the bad guy yeah i think they were just cleaning out the pipes i hope that's what was happening amongst the <laughs> fan base and honestly i would throw every one of those blue jerseys on the ice and trade them for the black yellow and red unis that they had on last night in vancouver dude that that jersey is what the vancouver canucks should be wearing it's menacing it's sinister it doesn't have that stupid orca coming out of the sea sorry i shouldn't say stupid it's just it, it's a ridiculous looking logo if you ask me anyway um here's the deal man like the canucks clobbered the hawks last night and it wasn't because yep. of tactical reasons it was purely the players to me, showing their new coach, we, we're going to play for you. At least tonight, we need to make this happen. And we got to send a message to our fan base on home ice that we're not throwing in the towel on this season or on the team in general. And, I mean, look at that. Vancouver drew through three penalties in the first period. Like, high danger chances, 22-6 to six in favor of Vancouver. I know it's against the Hawks. I don't care who it's against, Tyler. They came out. They made a point. Um, guys like Luke Shen and Sheldon Dries really brought physicality. Kuzmenko had two goals. And, and guess where they scored them all? Right at the net front. Tyler, do you think Rick Tockett was happy to see his team go to the front of the net and score some greasy ones? Yeah, I mean, 100%. And, you know, Bo Horvat got his 31st of the year. The Canucks, or yeah, the Canucks trailed multiple times in that game, but they were clearly the better team putting up uh, close to 50 shots in the hockey game. They looked good. But my other thing, Mike, is, man, if they were to string together a good run here under Rick Tockett and miss the playoffs by six points, 
it would almost make this whole situation even more frustrating if I was a Canucks fan because why couldn't we just get an interim coach, suck for the rest of the year, and get a 10% better chance at the lottery? It feels almost counterproductive to what the Canucks are doing to like go on a good late-season run like they did last season. Well, what what is more apropos for the Canucks right now than mixed messaging, Tyler? Like, get used to it, yeah. man. It's all it's been for a couple of years. I don't see that changing in the future because you're right. Like, I mean, wouldn't you love to have a better crack at Bedard? But as we may say in a second here, what does 10% difference make in the lottery? <laughs> well, that is a nice transition to our second topic. Gary Bettman speaking yesterday about, and he's had a couple of puzzling sound bites this season, not backing down from certain things like digital board ads. But here was Gary Bettman, the commissioner on tanking, saying nobody tanks because we have a weighted lottery. You're not going to lose games to increase your odds by a couple of percentage points. That's silly. And frankly, suggesting tanking, I believe, is inconsistent with the professionalism that our players and our coaches have. He says nobody tanks. Mike, here's where I'll agree with Bettman a little bit. Yes, the professionalism of your players and coaches, 100%. There is not a single player in the NHL who is taking to the ice at any point from now to the end of the season going, hey, you know, if we just lose this one, we got a better chance at Connor Bedard because they really don't care. Coaches are coaching for their lives. But the idea that organizations aren't tanking is just so insane. You're telling me there's not a single GM who's watching his team lose to the Vancouver Canucks last night and given a little... Yes, that's a big loss. We're a little bit closer. I know it's just a matter of a couple of percentage points. And yes, coaches and players maybe don't tank, but there are owners and there are general managers who love watching their teams slide down the standings in seasons like this one when there's a marquee prospect. I mean, come on, Gary. Like, uh, my dad wanted me to take the LSATs and become a lawyer when I finished up my co- finished up university. Um I don't know if I could do this with a straight face like Gary. Like this is unbelievable. <laughs> of course, like players and coaches, they're not tanking, man. You're you're yeah. fighting for your next contract, you're fighting for your credibility for the coaches and players, but teams? Are you kidding me? Yeah. The lottery's weighted. Exactly. That, that's exactly why. Like Anaheim last night SportsNet yeah. uh ran a graphic between the second and third periods with the Canucks and Hawks game. Anaheim was at 25.5% at winning the Bedard sweepstakes, Columbus at 13.5, and then the rest of the teams were in like 7 to 9%. You, you think Pat Verbeek's not looking at that and going, I really want 25% rather than 9? You think you think those like 12, 13 points don't matter? Of course they do. Like, dude, if I'm Pat Verbeek, the GM of the Ducks, Klingberg, Shattenkirk, Kulikov, see you later, your UFAs, go. Henrik, Silverberg, you got a home? Gibson, everybody out. You hang on to McTavish <laughs> and Zegras. You try to get Bedard. You had Tibu Solani last night show like wrote Connor Bedard on a strip of Oh, tape, we got the video. Throws it up at a stall in the locker room. Take a look. Look at this. I mean, if Timu Solani, one of the all-time legends of your organization, is putting out videos like this. Here's the here's the nail in the coffin. Boom. Yeah. Connor Bedard's name played in the locker room. One of your all-time greats, a guy whose name is retired, is giving the thumbs up to the camera in your locker room. It's not like he's in a random yes. locker room, man. He is literally in the Ducks room doing this. And Gary Bettman's going to say, ah, come on. No one's tanking. Dude, it's incredible, man. Like, it's so obvious. Like, it, oh. if you're for Beak, it's like, you got a bad contract? Sure. We'll take that, too, to get to the cap floor. That would be exciting, though. You think about that team, Tyler, if they did add him. Pretty exciting in Anaheim. It, 
It would be. Uh, let's move along and talk a little bit more about the tanking and Connor Bedard. Watch up at dailyfaceoff.com every single day. We have a little tab at the top you can click and we update the race and, and look at who's has the best chance of getting that first overall pick. But here's just one more stat, actually, Mike. Since the salary cap era, if you were to look at the 10 worst teams by points percentage, four of them are from either this year right now or from the Connor McDavid year. 40% of the worst teams since the salary cap era Weird. are up. It's yeah, it's it's not exactly a coincidence. And like you said, we saw the Ducks and Coyotes last night going toe to toe. We saw the video from Solani. But Alex, if we could flash up kind of the bottom five or the bottom area of the draft lottery, taking a look at who has the best odds to land Connor Bedard right now. Here's a question I want to throw your way, Mike. We, we've done a lot of the, oh, which team's the best fit? Which team could bounce back the quickest? But I will say there is always a danger in tanking. I'm a guy who grew up in Edmonton. I saw the decade of darkness. Even when you get the first overall pick, sometimes it doesn't work out. But tearing things down to the studs isn't exactly the best idea, in my opinion, because if you don't get that first overall pick, it is going to be a lot more years of hurt. So like I said, we've talked a lot about who's the best fit. Where does he fit in? Who could be in the playoffs the quickest? I want to ask you, Mike, which one of these teams is the most screwed if their tanking plan doesn't work and <laughs> they miss out on Connor Bedard? Well, at least he's not Nail Yakupov. Um, I, I yeah. think that – I don't know who's really most in trouble here, but I don't see Arizona as a great place for him to go right now. Like that team is so far away. Keller's about the only player there that's in his prime. You know, Gunther's moving towards it, and they have some others to be excited about, Michelli. Um, But I, I don't see that club turning quickly. You know, San Jose at least still has like Hurdle and Couture there, so that's not a great one either. Or, you know, wouldn't be a – terrible one I, I think it's really arizona i'd love to see bedard with johnny Gaudreau in columbus i think that'd be a huge get for that organization i think he'd be good in san jose i think you know chicago well you know what chicago's the other one besides arizona because they're still going to the bottom and they're a ways away mm -hmm. even though i think bedard would you know obviously change the complexion of it so uh to me it's a race between arizona and chicago to be the worst place for bedard and i think arizona even with the uncertainty man they're probably still three to five years away from an arena if it gets approved they got to be competitive just too many questions out there in the desert yeah i think that's a good point as well that's been kind of just struggling along for as long as they have. I mean, it's weird that the Yotes haven't found any sort of way to piece things together. Uh, let's talk a little trade deadline here. You mentioned teams that could be sellers, but how about a piece that some buyers could be looking at? Our deadline countdown today on dailyfaceoff.com is all about wild defenseman Matt Dumba, a pending UFA with a $6 million cap hit, a guy who's been healthy scratched twice in the last week on the wild blue line as well. Frank Saravalli has a full kind of scouting report up on Dumba as a part of the article. You know, he skates well. He's got good physical attributes and he doesn't shy away from playing physically and using those skills. But at the same time, he's maybe not as offensive as a, of a defenseman as maybe some people would have thought when you look at a guy who in the past has put up 50 points. Uh, Mike, when you look at Dumba, are you a little puzzled as to why the Minnesota Wild would maybe look to move him? Or is this a guy who you think they could really get some assets for and a guy who could help a contender? 
Well, it's tough to say because the healthy scratch sure isn't going to help. You know, are you going to give up a first round draft pick for somebody that couldn't crack a lineup? I don't see that happening. So in some ways, the wild wild may have depressed his value, but I also don't think they were married to the idea of trading him. They may keep him um, and use him in whatever role is necessary. And, you know, there's one thing about Dumba to me, like he's probably at this stage a 25, 30 point a year defenseman. He's not really doing anything on the power play like he used to. I still think he has a great shot. He just doesn't use it, Tyler. Like he gets... He's averaging like two shots on goal per game, which to me just says he doesn't have the, the mobility to get open and make that happen. So like if you're bringing him in, Dumba, let's say is like a third pair guy um, that could move up in your lineup uh, into a second pair. I could see that. Um, you know, Frank points out in the article that Florida could be a really good landing spot, maybe even more as a hockey trade as opposed to a straight up picks and prospects. Maybe that's good for Minnesota, who is trying to obviously go somewhere in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I like that fit. Um, and there are a couple other lists that were listed. So I just think that Dumba's so he's so inconsistent that he's getting hard to get a read on. You know, and if you really trust your development yeah. model, if you really trust your D coaches uh, to give him some structure and try to help him and you're willing to invest in him, maybe you look a little bit more long term because he is a pending UFA. We know he's not coming back to Minnesota. It's just kind of buyer beware. You just really don't quite know what you're getting with Matt Dumba. Yeah, the, the Florida Panthers are an interesting fit. Frank also listed the Minnesota Wild as a team who could just keep him as sort of that own rental kind of thing. He also had the Leafs, the Senators, and the Golden Knights as potential fits. But I like the idea of the, as we talked about yesterday, hockey trade going down between the Wild and the Panthers. We know Minnesota maybe wouldn't mind adding some scoring depth. Sam Reinhardt, those are both names that mm -hmm. Frank's brought up in the past. Even a guy who's not healthy right now, but Anthony Duclair, you know, the Panthers kind of need to free up some money at some point. Maybe Minnesota could get an extra asset out of this move as well. Um, there's a bunch of ways to go outside of Florida just quickly before we get to our all 32. Is there another team out there? I kind of think the Leafs make a little bit of sense here, but cap wise, I don't know if they can make it work. Is there another fit out there in your eyes? Yeah, well, the Golden Knights make sense because if Mark Stone, if they're able to end up using LTIR, he could work there and, and they've been depleted on the blue line. They could use some depth there. Every day, a new deadline countdown article up at dailyfaceoff.com. So make sure you keep it locked there and here on the show where we break it all down. One of the hottest teams in the NHL is unsurprisingly the Colorado Avalanche. And Peter Baugh from The Athletic is with us. Let's get to today's edition of the All 32. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
It's the All 32 presented by our friends over at Montana's. Peter, it is uh, quite the turnaround for the Colorado Avalanche team that was outside of the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. And then, ah, ho-hum, six wins in a row. What's led to this turnaround for the Avs? Yeah, I think uh, a bit of it is is just kind of staying the course. And their shooting percentage was really low during that stretch. Now they're finishing some of their chances. Um, they've gotten a little bit healthier. Val Nachushkin's back. Um it looks like they're going to get some help in the near future with Manson and Byram coming back. So, so just kind of, it's been a culmination of, of things starting to go their way and, and really honing in on defensive details and kind of playing more consistent. I mean, it's a cliche, but the full 60 minutes, they, they, in a lot of those games that they lost during the stretch, they either had leads or, or were playing well for 40 minute stretches of the game and then would just have one disastrous period. And they've kind of, found a way to eliminate that and that's led to, to them rattling off all these wins. Peter, you touched on it quickly about uh, getting some players back. Obviously, injuries have been a, a big detriment to this Colorado team this year. I mean, Landeskog's the first one you look at uh, right off the bat, but really it's been, to me, the depletion of that blue line. You look at Manson and Byram and, and even McCarr now missing some time. It looks like these players might be tracking towards all-star break, returning after that to get back in the lineup, maybe before for some. But if that's really the case, how do you think that might alter what the Colorado Avalanche might do heading towards the trade deadline and bolstering this club? Yeah, I think it it could have a huge impact. Honestly, when I look at the Avalanche and the trade deadline, I, I ask two questions. One, where are they in the standings and how are they playing? And then two, are they going to be fully healthy? Does this team believe Gabriel Laniscaga is, is going to be back at some point this season, which right now they do. And if the answer is that they are playing well heading into the deadline and uh, that they think they're going to have all their guys back, then I think you could see this team be pretty aggressive despite the fact that the the farm system's a little depleted. They don't have a ton of draft picks outside of their first rounders. Um, it's not going to be easy for them to make moves, but this is a team that's in the cup contention window. And I'm, I'm pretty sure no one would want to see them, especially if they're at full strength, if, if Landis Gog's back, if, if you have, uh, your blue line fully healthy, it, it, they're a tough team to go against. And I, I think that they would want to get even tougher if, if they foresee that being the case. Well, let me uh, allow you to throw on your Joe Sackick hat here and talk a little bit about what they could be looking for at the deadline. There are some big fish out there. You think of Jonathan Taves, Bo Horvat, Ryan O'Reilly down the middle. Could you see Joe Sackick going after one big name or is this a situation where they maybe want to add two or three kind of B-level pieces? I think it depends on how the market shapes up. I mean, we've seen in the past that Sackick isn't afraid to to go look at the big names, I, I think the abs, it's, it's pretty clear they were in the Claude Giroux sweepstakes last year. Giroux wanted to go to Florida. It wasn't ever in the cards for him to come to Colorado. But I think if, if you read, read all the reporting and, and even listen to what Joe Sackick said publicly, like they were interested and they made calls. And I think they were probably ready to, to offer a pretty penny for him. So you could see, you could see them going for a big name. In the past, this has not been a team that acts super recklessly with, with their, um, assets they Joe Sackick hasn't traded a first round pick ever except for Darcy Kemper when they kind of had to because they didn't have a goalie um and so so I think you could see them make some make an aggressive move but I also think that if the right move isn't there that they could just go for a few smaller moves I I wonder about a guy like Sean Monahan who who 
probably is going to cost less than a Bo Horvat, but could still be a, a solid contributor if he's healthy. You look at maybe James Van Riemsdyk if you're content with a second line of fully healthy Landeskog, Rodriguez, Nachushkin, and then you can add a add James Van Riemsdyk to your to your third line. Like it, there there are definite possibilities that they have to kind of bolster the depth of this team. Uh, I think the big thing is whether or not Landeskogen is fully healthy, and if they kind of expect to to be back to where they were heading into last playoffs, which is having a team that had a lot of elite players that was fully healthy. And Evan Rodriguez, you look at that guy for two million bucks. It's uh, crazy to think where they might be without him. Hey, what a free agent pickup by Sakic. Totally, yeah. I mean, I think that's a classic example of a guy who probably could have gotten more money out there, um, but. I think he wanted I, I don't I, I get the sense that the market maybe didn't shape up the way that he was hoping and this was kind of a one year go play on a really good team play with good players and then you hit free agency again next year and he's done everything in his power to to make sure he'll be in good position to make some good money next summer. Yeah, I think there'll be a pretty solid market for him in July. Uh, the All 32 brought to you by our friends at Montana's. Today is Wednesday. You can head to their website, check out all their daily deals. But Wednesdays mean all you can eat ribs at Montana's. Yeah, ah, those just look fantastic. I know you two are both St. Louis, Missouri boys. So you, <laughs> you know a good uh, rack of ribs when you mm-hmm. see them. Montana's.ca. Peter, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good to see you both. Big thanks to Peter Ball for joining us today on the All 32. Mike, we are moving along to our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag AskDFO. Yesterday, in his 1,222nd career game, Corey Perry scored two goals. This guy has been around seemingly forever. He's had a long storied career. The question is, how many more years do you think this guy has left in the tank? Yeah, it's a good question because his last contract was a two-year deal with Tampa Bay Lightning. And at 37 years old, at this stage of his career, I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was playing 12 to 14 minutes. He's kind of dropped back to 8 to 10. Really, Tyler, he's a power play specialist. 11 of his 18 points for Corey Perry have come on the power play, including five of his eight goals. Like last night, it was only credited as one power play goal. The other one was right as the power play ran out. That's what he does. So, I mean, I think Corey Perry could play at least another two years, three years, but it's going to be in a very specific role. I don't know if it's with Tampa. But I could see some contender out there that needs a good net front presence, veteran presence, looking to Corey Perry and thinking, this is a guy who would help our lineup. And at the cost, a million bucks or under Tyler, why wouldn't you make that play? Yeah, I think from a bunch of team perspectives, it would make sense. I wonder about him, though. You know, he has a Stanley Cup ring from earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. He's had a bunch of success. Is it crazy to think that maybe his future would depend on how well the Bolts do this year? Like if this team wins a Stanley Cup, Corey Perry adds another ring to the collection. That's probably good enough for him. Like a guy who's made as much money as he has over the course of his career. Does he want to go pack up the family? move him back to wherever would be looking for his services or does he go man i've won a ton got a lot of money in the bank i'm good yeah especially considering he's been the bridesmaid now what three years in a row between montreal dallas and tampa not taking home a second stanley cup (laughs) at some point it's like having it's like having four boys or four girls and you keep trying for that opposite sex on the fifth and you get yet another of them right at some point you got to cut your losses and call it a day 
Yeah, killer analogy by Mike McKenna. Let's move along to our Points Bet Daily Bets brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. Another split yesterday on the betting front for me. So I'll look to finally grab that illustrious sweep. Let's dig into things courtesy of Points Bet Canada, starting with that matchup between the Vancouver Canucks and the Seattle Kraken. The Vancouver Canucks are one in four on the road so far this month. They are playing in the second of back-to-backs where they have not shown that well so far this season. The Seattle Kraken, on the other hand, have a winning record at home so far in the month of January. And if you're going to give me that kind of juice on the puck line, I am going to take it all day. Plus 145 is a great spot for the Kraken. We're hosting a Canucks team that is playing on the second of back-to-backs. The second play I like, I'm staying in the Western Conference, staying in the Pacific Division, looking at the Edmonton Oilers, massive favorites against Columbus. There's no value there. I'm not laying minus 155 to take a team on the puck line, but there is a player I like in this game, and it is Zach Hyman. He has eight assists in his last five games. Eight apples in his last five. And you're going to give me minus 130 on him to pick one up in a game where they should score a ton against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And Evander Kane is out of the lineup. So that means Hyman might get a few more minutes with the big guns in this game. I like Hyman to grab an assist. And I also love his shot prop. What the heck? We'll go all in on Zach Hyman. He's hit this shot prop in three of his last five. But again, with no Evander Kane, that means more primetime minutes for Zach Hyman. The NHL's first star of the week is red hot. And I have no problem backing him with a couple of bets this evening. Mike, it is garbage time. And I think you're going to like uh, you're going to like what I have pulled up here because I'm, I'm going to handle this. But a great video thrown up on Twitter yesterday by the wife of Jeff Carter. Just uh, take a watch. And that's one of the best players in the league. So we'll get this. Yeah. Um, I know I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I always watch the new does it look like that? Did you look through? <laughs> <laughs> no way! I've been waiting. I always wanted to get your card. Yeah. I uh, with uh, for those of you watching it on the podcast. You want me to sign your card? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Six stars, please. And that's. So Jeff Carter, uh, his son, his wife says, saves all his money up for hockey cards and has been waiting and waiting and waiting to get his dad's card in a pack. And he finally got it, asked his dad if he could sign it as well. Mike, I know you're a guy who you extended your playing career because you wanted your daughters to remember you and have memories of you as a hockey player. So this has just got to tug at the heartstrings. It really does, man. Like my daughter still can't believe that there's hockey cards out there that I'm on. I can't believe it. Honestly, man, it's pretty surreal. Um, but, you know, they don't get them in packs any longer, but occasionally we come across one here or there, and it's always a big thrill for them. And it's kind of funny, though, Tyler, like you think about how hesitant hockey players are to use their Instagram or Twitter feeds for anything. You know who really does is the wives and girlfriends. Like they're the unofficial PR people of the players, which it's just another hockey thing, right? Like <laughs> your personality is being shown off by somebody else, not yourself, because we can't be selfish and self-promote in hockey and heaven forbid that. So <laughs> this was a really, really cool moment though, man. Like I feel that as a parent big time, that's a cool deal for the Carters. Yeah, I love that video and uh, great on the Carters for sharing that along as well. That's going to be a wrap on today's edition of Daily Face Off Live. Shout out to our friends at Montana's and Points Bet Canada and at Peter Baugh for joining us from The Athletic to talk a little Colorado Avalanche. Myself and Frank Saravalli live in studio together the rest of the week, so you won't want to miss that. In the meantime, enjoy your Wednesday night and we'll chat again tomorrow. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.